Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 152 on Now You Know. This week, as always, was sponsored by our amazing, wonderful Patreon patrons. And by our friends at the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Schaumburg, Illinois. And also their sister hotel, the Town Place Suite Hotel right next door. Both are powered by solar power. And I wanted to mention this, Jesse. Our viewer, Eric from Canada, visited Chicago from work. And he said, the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott is an amazing hotel. Thanks for making the promotion of the super hotel. And now there is a Tesla service center and store on Golf Road in Schaumburg, Illinois. So finally, if you were looking for a reason to go to Schaumburg, Illinois just to go to the hotel, you have another reason to do so. And as Amazon Associates, we earn from qualifying purchases using our Amazon affiliate link, which you can find down below. And we've got some new designs on EcoWare this week. I'm wearing one of them. If you look down here. Oh, it's a boring tunnel. Underground. Yeah, so we got new designs every week, and uh, every time you purchase from us, we plant a tree so that your purchase is carbon negative. So, Jesse, you know about the South Australian Hornsdale Tesla battery pack. It cost $100 million to build, but it saved $40 million in just the first year. I remember because this was going to be the largest battery in the world, and in fact, it is the largest battery in the world. And this was the one that Elon said, you know, They'll do it in 100 days or it's free. And they did it in under 100 days. So they, you know, South Australia did have to pay $100 million for it. That's right. But yeah, it saved $40 million in the first year, which means that it's practically going to pay for itself um, in three years. Yeah, I mean, big utilities are watching closely. And now Tesla has unveiled what they're calling a mega pack, which is up to three megawatt hours or 1.5 megawatts with an AC interface Okay, wait, wait, let's just stop right there. Let's stop right there. I'm sorry, why? Because megawatts, you know, we don't really have to deal with megawatts on a, on a, on a you know, on a daily basis. Okay. So I don't think a lot of people know what a megawatt hour is or what a megawatt is. So you know how you can have like a 60 watt light bulb. Okay. Right. And now, of course, they're all LEDs. So they use even less energy. Okay. Well, to get to the amount of energy that we need to talk about, I need to talk about hair dryers because I think everyone knows hair dryers use a lot of energy. They yeah. use about one kilowatt of energy. Now, if you oh. ran that hair dryer for an hour, that would be one kilowatt hour. Oh, okay. but we're not at megawatts yet. You would need about a thousand hair dryers running all this at the same time for one megawatt. And you'd need to run all 1000 of them for an hour to equal one megawatt hour. Oh, okay. So if that kind of makes it a little bit easier to understand the amount of power we're talking about, it's a lot. If we're talking about power, that is a lot more power than you are using in your home. So that's 3,000 hair dryers running for an hour, which would give you what this battery can hold. And I think that it's also very difficult to understand how much batteries you're going to need for that much power. So let's compare it to some other Tesla products. Um, let's start with the Power Wall, which is... Uh, you know, just a battery that lives in your house and is like your house's battery. Uh, that is 13.5 kilowatt hours. So you could run your hairdryer for 13.5 hours to use all of the energy in that pack. Okay, and that's like one seventh of a Tesla Model S or X battery. Right, it's pretty small. Then if we get up to the power pack, which was right before the mega pack, we had the power pack. Those could be deployed in one or multiple 
power pack configurations, and those held 200 kilowatt hours of energy. And so that would be about like two P100D Tesla battery packs or, or 100 kilowatt hour battery packs, right? So 200 uh, hair dryers running for an hour. Yeah. And now we finally get to the mega pack. It's good. the equivalent of 3,000 uh, hair dryers running for an hour. And so that's 30 Teslas batteries. Yeah. It's, that's a lot of power. Yeah. And in fact, what they've been able to do is squeeze more power into less space. It's a 60% increase in energy density. You can put a bunch of these mega packs together and you can get 250 megawatts or one gigawatt hour of battery in a space of about three acres. And you can build that in less than three months. And so Tesla says that would be four times faster than building a traditional power plant. Right. And so when we're talking about 250 megawatts and one gigawatt hour, so 250 megawatts is how much power it could output. And one gigawatt hour is 1000 megawatt hours. Yeah, I know it's very confusing, but that's a lot of power. So it could output 250 megawatts for four hours. And here's the thing. A lot of utilities have been watching Tesla because they're the first in this space to build batteries this big. Mm -hmm. And another advantage of Tesla is that they have kind of a plug and play. You can install these batteries and plug your solar panels and your wind turbines right into them. And they've got software called AutoBidder. What does AutoBidder do? Basically, this is a artificial intelligence that um, will bid on energy prices to get you, the owner of the battery, uh, the best deal all the time. Right, because so, your, your battery is sitting there like a peaker plant would, waiting for there to be a need for you. And the beauty here is that unlike a peaker plant that might take minutes to fire up, this fires up in milliseconds. Right. And so, so it's waiting for a, a dip, right? Yeah. And then what does it do? As soon as there is a dip in the power, it it gives the power to the grid and it's selling that energy basically. Um, so that means that you're gonna be making money when it's when it's selling the power. On the other side, there are some places in the world where there is so much solar energy that is generated in the middle of the day that grids need to like get rid of the energy. Mm -hmm. And so they would pay for you to use energy, which is kind of a weird thought. Um, but it's one of the nice things that happens when you have solar energy. So. What it could do then would be accept power, charge itself up, and charge money for it. Isn't that cool? So you're making money kind of on both plays. Right. And what's cool is that this is using over-the-air updates like they do in the cars. So as they get better and better algorithms, they can just update your battery to have better software. Right. So I think that the Mega Pack is an interesting thing, especially this week, um, because this week, a study from the International Institute for Sustainable Development, or IISD, came out and said basically that fossil fuel subsidies could go to pay for our green future. So their report published that coal, oil, and gas get more than $370 billion a year in support compared with $100 billion for renewables. And they said that just 10 to 30% of the fossil fuel subsidy could pay for a global transition to clean energy. In May, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, attacked fossil fuel subsidies saying, what we are doing is using taxpayers' money, which means our money, to boost hurricanes, to spread droughts, to melt glaciers, to bleach corals, in one word, to destroy the world. And Richard Bridal from the IISD said, almost everywhere, renewables are so close to being competitive that a 10 to 30% subsidy swap tips the balance and turns them from a technology that is slowly growing to one that is instantly the most viable and can replace really large amounts of generation 
it goes from being marginal to an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, and I think this is important. So many people around the world say that, well, we're just going to have incremental changes to, you know, solar and wind will slowly get a little bit more, but it's going to take decades and hundreds of years. And, and, and why? Because, you know, you're, you're harnessing energy that's free. It's literally coming out of the sky, and all you have to do is just kind of just catch it. Well, and this is the answer why. Because we're spending so much money subsidizing fossil fuels that there isn't the money being put into companies that are going to research and develop renewable energies. Right. Now, Bloomberg New Energy Finance is a respected analytical group that researches and forecasts where we're headed in energy around the world in coming decades. They have just published their latest report, which predicts that global energy storage installations will go up exponentially from 9 gigawatts in 2018 to over 1 terawatt by 2040. That's a 122 times increase. Now, that would be an investment of $662 billion made possible by the fact that the cost of lithium ion batteries are dropping on top of the 85% decrease in the past eight years that we've already seen. They predict that lithium ion will drop in half by 2030. Wow. Now, what's interesting to me about Bloomberg NEF is that they're a lot like the IEA the International Energy Agency. They're really good at adding up all the renewable projects around the world, but they're pretty bad at predictions because, well, they come out looking pretty linear, kind of like this graph that they have here. Now, it's really exciting to see that the global cumulative energy storage installations is going up, right? Right. But, and I know it's exponential. I mean, if you look at it, it's not a straight line. It's, it's, it's slightly exponential. A slight curve, but it seems to end in a pretty linear, you know, tail there. Yeah. Um, nothing like what I would predict. It's cool to see that they are predicting that wind and solar will make up 40% of the world electricity by 2040, which is up from 7% today, and that they also up their prediction now saying that EVs will make up one third of all passenger cars worldwide by 2040. But again, they use pretty linear curves to get there. Right. And I don't think that they understand that once you get to a critical point that it basically just goes all the rest of the way. I right. mean, you know, when cell phones were first coming out, people were like, oh, you have a cell phone? But but at a certain point, it just goes, whoop, everyone needs a cell phone. Because, exactly. I mean, I have a cell phone and Dave has a cell phone. So, Zach, if you don't have a cell phone, how are we going to reach you? It's the same thing here, except it's going to be, you know, electric cars have so many benefits. They finally come down to the price where just about everyone can afford them. Well, and wait till we see what ARK Invest is saying later in the show. Yes. So last Wednesday, a Tesla owner tweeted at Elon that dog mode had a problem. If you had set the fan speed manually to zero or one, then when you enter dog mode, the AC may not be able to keep up and the car would get too hot for your pet. Two days after Elon responded that it would be fixed, it was already being pushed out to the fleet. Yeah, on Friday, it went out to the fleet. I do want to mention, it may not have been an oversight. It may have been actually a feature they wanted to have in there because... Mm -hmm. For instance, right now, you can manually override your auto setting on your on your fan if you don't like how hard it's blowing on you. Sure. And maybe you have a dog or a cat or something that you want a little less AC on or whatever. So, I mean, maybe you set it manually to a certain setting. I would argue that there would probably need to be a safety level like, oh, it has reached 80 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. It's time, Turn to, the fan up. it's time to override the human override or something. I think that there's a difference between camping mode where you're gonna like set it to whatever you want. But of course, a human sleeping in your car, you can adjust the, the temperature halfway through the night if you wake up and you're like, oh, it's too hot in here. Uh, a dog doesn't know how to turn down the AC. 
Um, yet. Yet. Yeah, and uh, Rahul Sood was very happy about this. He's the one who tweeted out to Elon. He said, This dog mode story went viral fast. Make no mistake that no other car company would have or could have responded as quickly as Tesla did to fix the problem as fast as they did. Tesla is an amazing company. Every other car manufacturer should be worried. And this is a really good point because, I mean, it's very easy to focus in on Tesla on this story. Like, oh, their dog mode didn't work perfectly uh, as soon as they released it. Um, but you have to keep in mind that no other car has dog mode. No other car has, uh, to my knowledge, has over-the-air updates that work like Tesla's do. Right. Where it's just like, you have an update. Do you want to update it? Like, it's just like your phone. And, and that they, they fixed it in two days. Normally, if there's a problem with uh, your car... And you go to the car manufacturer, they're going to be like, okay, maybe, maybe the next, uh, you know, model year, model year will, will stick it in there, that, that tweak, that fix. And then everyone just knows like, oh, the, you know, the 2009 Ford Focuses, they all have this problem. Oh, well, Tesla can fix the problem for cars that they've already sold. It's, it's brand new. Like that, this is something that we haven't experienced yet. And yet we're all kind of just sort of used to it at this point. So Elon tweeted in response to Ryan McCaffrey's tweet. Ryan said, how's solar roof tile progress going? You were working on a new version three of that, right? And Elon said, spooling up production line rapidly, hoping to manufacture 1000 solar roofs per week by the end of this year. Now let's put that in some context. The average PV system is about six kilowatts. So that would be six megawatts per week of solar roof that Tesla would be making by the end of the year or 78 megawatts per quarter. Now to put that in context, Tesla only installed 29 megawatts of solar in Q2. So this could mean a doubling of solar installations by first quarter of next year. I think that if you are a roofer and you're interested in maybe not having to carry <laughs> hot asphalt uh, shingles on your shoulder on the way up the ladder, um, and instead you want to install some some Tesla solar tiles. Yeah, because as we saw from our friend Justin out in California who's getting a solar roof, um, they put them on that cool uh, ladder lift so you don't have to heft them up there. Because, I mean, I've seen plenty of roofers where they take the new guy, they put a few... Uh, <laughs> few. I've done that before. It's not fun. Yeah, you do not want to do that. Mm. If they're doing a 1000 a week, they're going to need yes. a lot of new contractors. And I'm telling you, if you're a roofing contractor or an electrician, I mean, this is a great new line of work to get yes. into. And speaking of Tesla solar roof, CNBC has attained a building permit filed by Tesla for construction of a test structure to evaluate Tesla roof solar product and installation process at the Tesla Fremont factory. And I'm really confused by this one, Jesse, because, I mean, they make it out in Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to test it in California? You can't test for snow and all that. I've got, I figured it out. Okay. Um, they're going to have solar roofs that are going to be in places without snow during the winter. Okay. And they want to make sure that Santa can land on the roof without damaging solar panels. Okay. So new buyers of the Model S and X will be getting free unlimited supercharging. Um, Elon had said before that this was unsustainable, but I guess they brought it back because they need to sell more cars. Yeah. So this will be non-transferable to new owners. So if you sell your car, the free supercharging will not get carried along to the next owner. Um, and it's not part of a referral program. So I think that a lot of people get really excited by this. They're like, Free supercharging, awesome. And I would point out that free supercharging is great, but the most you're ever gonna really get out of it is probably going to be somewhere along the lines of like $600, maybe $1,000. Right. But I think that instead of saying, oh, you have a $1,000 credit, new Tesla owners, that way you're you know limiting them to some ridiculous amount of, of supercharging. That, I mean, that would be 
over a cross country there would be multiple cross country trips at least across the united states yeah i mean when we went from uh, boston to san francisco and back we estimated that we saved about eight hundred dollars in gas right um and we probably saved about you know three hundred dollars in electricity so right. we could have done that like three times for right thousand bucks for a thousand dollars so i think that that's I mean, unless you are driving insanely all the time, you're not going to get that much value out of it. So I think what this is, is it is all-you-can-eat buffet syndrome. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever been to a place where there is an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? Yeah. You pay, whatever, nine ninety nine or whatever, and you can just have as much as you want. Much garlic bread, as much pasta. But you go there and you're just like, yes, it's all... To basic, I'm, I'm winning right now because right. I'm getting I'm getting all this filling my plate. But you did pay for it, and the restaurant had to do some math to figure out like we're going to benefit from this, even right. though even if you come in here and you eat a thousand breadsticks, if you're buying a Model S or a Model X, part of that cost is going to the free supercharging. Well, and I would argue you're actually putting the cost on the rest of us. I mean, I think now that the pricing has matured and the prices have come down, a lot less of that pricing is baked into the cost of the car. So I think what you're doing basically, Tesla, is you're putting the cost of the supercharger network onto the rest of us. You're gonna have to charge a little bit more uh, for kilowatt hour of electricity for all of us to pay for the free supercharging that you're giving out. I mean, that's why Elon said it's unsustainable. Um, it's just a little trick to sell more cars. And I'm honestly kind of surprised because I thought Tesla owners would be smarter than this than to think that like it's really worth, I mean, okay, it's a 70 or 80 or $90,000 car. True. If this little gimmick is enough to get you to buy the car, I'm kind of surprised. Like, why weren't you gonna buy it before then? I, I mean, I think that it's still, it's an exciting idea it really does free your mind up if you were thinking on going on road trips. You're suddenly, instead of being like, you know, oh, that's another, oh, maybe I'd pay, you know, 50 to $100 for that trip. You're just going like, but, it, but it's free. And I think that that little bit just frees up your mind to the point where you're just like, what could I do? What are the possibilities? Hmm. And I think, you know, I think that that's kind of nice. So this is a new electric car company, Jesse. Okay. Human Horizons. It's a new Chinese startup offering its first car, the Hi-Fi One SUV. It says it'll have up to 400 miles of range, but keep in mind this is on the old NEDC uh, charging standard. Okay. Uh, it will have dual motors for a zero to 100 kilometer an hour time of 3.9 seconds. Uh, they're going to start production in 2021. China will be the first market, and then they hope to go worldwide. And check this out. This is the most interesting part of it. It has these weird suicide slash gull wing, I guess you'd call them, doors in the back. Huh. Uh, looks like they copied a lot of things from the uh, Model X. Model and X. I'm guessing when they got to the actual trying to make that door work with the two hinges, they're like, okay, we can't get that to work. <laughs> so let's just simplify it. This is so interesting. So, I mean, the 400 miles of NED charging. 400 miles is spectacular. Of course, it's on the NEDC standard, yeah. so you're probably looking at like 300 miles, which right. is still fantastic. fantastic. The doors are pretty wild. I don't know if you open the door and then the other part comes up, or can you close? Do you have to wait for one to come down? Well, here's the, the thing. Other one? The Falcon Wing door solved a problem, which was that you can actually open the door and only be 12 inches away from a car next to you. Mm -hmm. Here you won't. You'll, it's a standard door. Well, now, it's, I, a, I, it's a suicide door. It's a suicide door, which so is cool. But, and I understand if you open that gull wing, you get the headroom to get into the car. So that's that cool. That is a nice But I mean, benefit. I like just pushing a button, your door opens, you don't worry about it, it blocks the rain. This isn't going to do that. Um, True. Actually, 
<laughs> if it's it were gonna raining, let, it's going to let the rain in. It'll rain. It'll directly into your car. Right. Look, I don't. I don't want to pick on the doors. I just, I'm just care saying, that it's an electric car. Really. I'm just saying, skip the doors and get me the the car. Like right, right out of the gate. Like that's a lot of hard work. I right. mean, they say that HiFi introduces the world's first human oriented architecture, which is self adaptive and learning to create diversified solutions that will enhance the user experience. Its neural network consists of four super brain domain controllers and six computing platforms connected by 1G Ethernet, providing a higher transmission rate than traditional CAN networks. The vehicle is able to analyze massive amounts of information and make decisions utilizing cloud computing with a powerful data analysis engine to build a truly intelligent and smart vehicle. So cool. I don't know what I don't know any what it of means, that but means. It's cause, cool sounding. Because I didn't know that my car needed to make so many decisions. Well, yeah, if it's going to drive autonomously. Is that what it's going to do? Well, on their website, they have a lot of talk on there about autonomous driving. So that's my guess is that that's what they're going to do. Okay. Anyway, I'm excited. Let's I'm excited see. to see it. I I always... I love new electric car companies. I love them too. I just, I always hold this little, I'm reserved. You know, you're, you're any, skeptical. Any good you're, thing, I'm always a little skeptical sure, about. That's good to be. So the Highway Loss Data Institute says that Teslas are 90% less likely to be stolen than the average car. Wow. Two of the vehicles on the least stolen list are the Tesla Model S and the Model X. Their low theft rate may be related to the fact that as electric vehicles, they're usually parked in garages or close to a house to be near a power supply. Now, I want to stop right there. That's just not true. Lots of cars are parked in garages and parked in safe places. For them to just immediately assume that, of course, they're always parked in garages. No, electric cars can be out and parked anywhere all the time, and they are. True. So I don't think that's the reason. I think that the real reason is that um, Teslas, first of all, have pin to drive. So if you want to turn that on, you can put a four digit code in there so that if a thief doesn't know the code, they're not gonna be able to drive your car. The other thing is that almost all Teslas were recovered in the previous years, 112 out of 115, because Teslas can be live tracked. Right. I mean, they have GPS built into the car and you can access that information on your app. So you can always know where your car is and how fast it's going. So, I mean, I think that that's a, a big reason. I think that another reason is that basically all electric cars have a much lower rate of, of theft, mostly because it's harder to steal an electric car, right? We're all used to in the movies and in video games, you get in the car and the, and the character does, you know, and then you can drive the car because he's hot wired the car. You know, he's crossed some wires and that started the starter motor. And once that's going, the car is running and it doesn't know that it should be on or it shouldn't be off. It just, it thinks, okay, the, it doesn't think anything. It's just an engine. With an electric car, you have to hack into the car. Right. So your level of thievery has to be pretty high. Right. Either you've just robbed someone at gunpoint, stolen their phone or their fob, and have gotten into the car that way, or you are some super hacker who is going to be pretty rare if you're a super hacker. You're not going to be stealing cars. You're going to be mining robbing banks, Bitcoin right. or, yeah, m robbing banks online. Speaking of stealing and electric cars, yes. Phil many in uh, Lake Worth, Florida, he woke up with his gardener telling him to move his car off the lawn so that the gardener could mow the lawn. Phil said he didn't park his car on the lawn. But when Phil looked outside, that is what he saw. A white Model 3 plugged into his exterior electrical socket and parked on his lawn. So Phil did what anyone would do. He called the police. Turns out the Model 3 was not stolen, but it was parked there for 12 hours by someone who had ran out of juice the night before at midnight. And the Model 3 owner reportedly didn't even apologize for stealing Phil's electrons. So Phil didn't press charges, which was nice of him. And luckily for the Model 3 owner, his wife was away visiting the grandkids because she said on Facebook she would have made the Tesla owner pay for the electricity. 
Phil didn't. Um, let's talk about this for a minute. Don't do that. What the heck? I don't know who this guy is. So wonderful you bought a Model 3, but you're a d I mean, well, can I just say, if this happened and there was no other recourse and you did have to plug it in somewhere and it was midnight, I can see how you wouldn't want to you know, wake up the homeowner, but leave a note and just say, hi, I'm Zach. I parked on your lawn. I'm so sorry. I'm taking your electrons. I'm so sorry. I'll be back at, you know, eight o'clock and I'll pay for everything. I'll take you out to breakfast, right. at least something so that he doesn't have to call the police and try and figure out what's going on. That's a move. Right. I mean, we've all heard the stories, at least I've heard all the stories um, that my grandparents have told me where their car broke down or they ran out of gas or they popped two tires at the same time and they had to, you know, walk 10 minutes in the rain to the nearest farmhouse and they knocked on the door and they got invited inside and someone, you know, cooked them dinner and, and called them a, a repair truck and whatever. And I realize that we live in a completely different world than that. You know, it, everyone has a cell phone, so it just seems like you could call it. Tow call truck, AAA, right. Call AAA, probably the first thing you'd want to do. But I think using the exact same strategy that my grandparents would have used, where you knock on the door, just let people know, establish some consent for, right. for plugging in your car, that would probably be the first thing. And, and even before that, plan your trips, use a better route planner. That's what it's for. It's to make sure that you do get to your friend's house with enough charge to make it into his driveway. Right. Like, that is the point. And, it's just, and, and charge at your friend's house while you're there. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing, let's say you really didn't do any of those things and you weren't going to make it and you did plug in. Unplug as soon as you can. Oh, I have five miles. That's enough to get to my friend's house. Okay, cool. Because you know how long that would take? That would take about an hour and a half. You could be in and out of there. No one could right. even know. I would still leave a note and maybe a $5 bill to just say thank you. But you don't have to park it for 12 hours. Right. 12 hours. That's like a full tank. I know. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Oh, it's, it's, this is, it's such a Florida thing. I'm sorry, Floridians, but you know it's true. So the fourth annual SpaceX Hyperloop pod competition was last week with 21 teams competing and the Technical University of Munich won again with the top speed overall. Now, previously, uh, they were known as the WARR Hyperloop team, but now they're going under the TUM team moniker. They are repeat winners, actually, because uh, they won last year going 284 miles an hour. How fast did they go this year? 288 miles an hour. Hmm, I'm surprised. It was four just a, miles an hour just faster. eked out a little faster. Yeah. And Elon tweeted that next year's Hyperloop competition will be in a 10-kilometer vacuum tunnel with a curve. So let's keep in mind that the tunnel that they've been using for the past four years on SpaceX property is just under a mile long. And so this is going to be a huge improvement, which means speeds will be able to go up because mm -hmm. right now you can get up to that speed, but you have to slow down real quick before you hit the end of the tunnel. So that's probably why they've been limited to the speed that they're at. Um, right. Once they can go 10 kilometers, we can get up to really high speeds. Absolutely. Super exciting. All right, it's time for the lightning round. So a judge in Holland has just upheld a verdict from a lower court that a Tesla Model X driver who is driving with a cell phone in his hand while on autopilot should be fined the 230 euros that he was fined. The court said, switching on the autopilot implies that the controls are used in this way, which influences the propulsion and direction of movement of the motor vehicle. The use of such a system means that the person concerned must be regarded as an actual driver. So the Court of Appeals emphasizes that this is an absolute prohibition. You cannot drive in Holland in autopilot and be on your cell phone. You are the driver of the car. Right, and I think that this should be emphasized for everywhere. It would be much better if you were paying attention to the road not using your cell phone because you are considered to be the driver of the car. So in order to have everything be legal, you need to be paying attention. Yeah, I mean, the driver had argued that uh, over half the drivers nowadays are using cell phones while they're driving, but this doesn't make it right. Two wrongs don't make it right. right. 
Hey, Jesse, have you heard of this? The world's largest plug-in hybrid. Is it that truck that we saw? No, it has the equivalent of 50 Tesla Model S battery packs. Five megawatt hours. It's 65 tons of battery. There can't possibly be a, a truck or anything that could be that size. Uh, there is. It's a ship right here. It's the MS Color Line. Oh. It holds about 2,000 passengers and 500 cars, and it goes between Sweden and Norway. And speaking of Norway, uh, even though Norway is the leader in EV adoption, it doesn't make its own electric car. But it appears that it soon will. Fresco Motors just came out of stealth mode and showed some CGI pics of its first concept, the Reverie. Hmm. What do you think of that? I really like the look of it. It looks a lot like a Model 3. Somewhere between a Model 3 and a Model S. Yeah, the size is between a Model S and a Model 3, actually. Mm -hmm. um, the specs are that it's supposed to be able to go 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in two seconds. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> Top speed of 300 kilometers an hour, which is 186 miles an hour. Okay, It'll awesome. It'll have an AC induction motor with a four-speed auto gearbox with overdrive and portable batteries. Fresco Motors says it's common amongst owners of vehicles with internal combustion engines to have jerry cans. Why shouldn't owners of electric vehicles have the same? So you remember when we talked to Unity in Sweden, same idea. They have a small battery that you can take out. It's not the whole battery, right. but a small battery you can take out, bring it to your home or office, charge that up, and it'll give you a few miles. And that going back to Fred's problem in Florida, if that Model 3 that parked on Fred's lawn had had a portable battery, they could have just gone and charged that thing and maybe not even needed to. Maybe it would have already had charge in it. So there's no price here. And uh, in terms of range, they just say there'll be no range anxiety. They don't tell us what the range will be. It will come with a free wireless charging pad, but there's no timeline on its production. And we did some digging. We found out this company was founded in 2016 and it has nine employees at the moment. So it does seem like it's going to be a while before they can ramp up and get the money they need to build this. Yep. So Columbus Yellow Cab in Columbus, Ohio, has been around for 91 years, and now they are adding 10 Model 3s to their fleet of 170 cars. Yeah, owner Morgan Kaufman says, we've been around for 91 years, and so we have served the city in every way we can, but we are showing that sustainability can be a part of everyone's everyday life, and we want to lead by example. Good for them. Uh, Columbus Yellow Cab already has 10 electric cars in their fleet, and Kaufman says they want to get to 100% electric as soon as possible. I, I wonder if he'd had just bought a Model 3 and was like, <laughs> this all could of save my me taxes, a lot of money. <laughs> it would really save him a lot of money yeah. in terms of the amount of fuel and maintenance. It's going <laughs> like, and then when it becomes, up. when it becomes RoboTaxi. Exactly. Hey, if anyone in Columbus, Ohio uh, sees one of these on the road, I'd love it if you guys sent us a video contributor story. Yeah, and maybe call up this Kaufman guy, get an interview. Yeah. So Electrify America, which is the charging company started by VW when the Dieselgate settlement forced them to start a charging company, announced that they will be partnering with San Francisco-based Stable Auto to build a pilot demo charging site with robot arms to charge self-driving and EV fleets in the San Francisco area. And they are aiming to open early 2020. Now, is this necessary? <sighs> Look, I keep going back and forth on this. I think that when we begin to first have our fully autonomous fleets out there, that you can just hire a guy to go and plug in and unplug the cars. So I don't know if the robot is really necessary. And I think that it's important to remember here that Electrify America has to spend money. That is their right. job. You might be saying, no, 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 their job is to make uh, electric car chargers. No, 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 no. They have a certain amount of money that VW was forced to give up and give to this company and Electrify America has to spend it. Yep. As awesome as it's going to be to have uh, robotic arms plugging in your car, this is just another way for them to fund something. And it's it's good that they're funding something. I'd rather it be chargers. 
It could be so many more chargers. Exactly. So Jesse, mm -hmm. how would you like an electric mega yacht? I mean, if I'm gonna get a mega yacht, it's gonna it's gonna have to be electric. So, so check this out. Uh -huh. A Japanese electric motor manufacturer has installed an electric powertrain into this 165 foot or 50 meter long, 497 ton, five staterooms, 10 guests, 11 crew, including a captain, made by Wider Mega Yacht. I that's a bit big for that's a bit garish in my opinion that's oh yeah you don't too, like it that's too much yacht for too me. much for you okay so it's got a 544 kilowatt hour battery pack wow that that's huge yeah well it can cruise for over four hours at five knots uh, completely on its two 531 kilowatt motors four hours at five knots that's not particularly fast and that's not wouldn't particularly be, far it's not particularly long oh you want to go long distances in your mega yacht well, then I'm going to have to get it with this 18,000 gallon or 69,000 liter gas tank for you. It's a diesel tank so that you can go long range with it. Because, yeah, if you want to go anywhere far in this yacht, you're going to have to burn a lot of fuel. Wait, 18,000 gallons? Oh, yeah. 18,000 gallons of diesel fuel. Right. Well, it's a big boat. You said it was an electric mega yacht. Oh, well, yeah, you can cruise around the harbor in the electric part. But if you want to really go distances, you got to burn the diesel. 18,000. Oh, and it's 30 million euro. Nothing. Okay, so you don't want it then. Okay, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll return it. That's you fine. Know, I no, think, I'll return it. I know you don't want it. That's fine. I hope you didn't buy it. Yeah, I think I'll just go with a sailboat. So JD Power's first mobility confidence index study has come out. They uh, surveyed over 5,000 consumers about EVs and self-driving cars. And here are some tidbits that they came up with. Mm -hmm. 36 out of 100 have confidence in self-driving. It's not very high. And 55 out of 100 have confidence in EVs. Still not that Okay, high. wait. I can understand the 36 for self-driving because no one's been in a fully, fully self-driving car. Uh-huh. But... Well, not many of these people have been in an electric car. In fact, 68% uh, say they have no experience with EVs. No experience. So that's not even like, oh, I don't own one. It's like, oh, I've never seen or been in one right. before. No experience. Uh, four out of 10 think that EVs are worse for the environment. That's too many. That shows how much misinformation is out there. 75% who have an EV said they would buy another. So so people who know pretty much mm -hmm. know that that's the right thing. Among those who have never been in a battery electric vehicle, only 40% say they would consider purchasing or leasing one. So this is the big takeaway here, folks, is mm -hmm. that we're in this bubble here, right? You're watching the show. You must know something about electric cars, either from us or you got one. And so we're like, oh, well, yeah, we know all about it. They're great. But if you don't know about them, as this survey right. shows... You're afraid of them. And this is exactly why we are constantly telling you, if you have an electric car, put people in the car. So here's some interesting sales numbers from Tesla. Mm -hmm. Tesla's sales grew 41% in China in the first half of 2019. Wow. And that's not even the best country in terms of growth. Norway grew by 106%. Yeah. And the country of other, all other countries, uh, grew by 61%. Yeah. And then the U.S. itself grew by 41% also. The amazing thing here is that the U.S. is the only place that Tesla has a factory currently yeah. that, you know, is producing cars. Right. So just imagine what's going to happen when uh, there's a gigafactory in China and there's a gigafactory in Europe. So speaking of imagining gigafactories, uh, Kathy Wood, who's the head of ARK Invest, you know, we talk about her a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. um, she just came out with the tweet raising her new Tesla share price from $4,000 to $6,000. Here's what she said. We don't talk about it much because people don't even believe $4,000. Our most important assumption is demand for electric vehicles, given the battery cost declines and the new chemistries coming out of Tesla. 
We believe the average electric vehicle price will drop below the average auto price in the next two years. So let's just stop right there for that a second. That is a huge, amazing thing that she just said. Now, she has an entire research firm that she can say like, guys, I want you to go research this. And then a bunch of people go and research stuff. Right. Yeah. Listen, listen to a reason. Yeah. Yeah. In five years, a Toyota Camry will still be around $25,000, but a 200 mile range electric vehicle will probably be $15,000. They will be cheaper and they're better vehicles with a fraction of the parts of the typical internal combustion engine. It will be a no brainer to shift. Our bear case for Tesla in five years is $600 a share. If it loses two thirds of its global market share, which is 17% right now of the electric vehicle or EV market, our bull case on electric vehicles get us to $1,400 per share without counting the boom in autonomous vehicles. So let's just for a moment, throw out uh, batteries, Let's throw out the solar, solar roof. Mm -hmm. um, let's get. Let's not even talk about autonomous uh, vehicles that yep. Tesla is, is working on. Tesla's working on all of those things. Yep. Just in the car market, if, yep. if tomorrow they sold off all those divisions and they said, we're just going to focus on making cars because that's the most important thing to us, which, of course, they're not going to say. If they did that, Kathy is saying that her bear case would be $600 and her bull case would be $1,400. Right. Uh, Tesla is right now hovering around $240. Right. She says in the title of her thing, your new price target for Tesla is $6,000 up from $4,000 even though it's having a terrible year. Yeah. So it's not like she's living in some la-la land where she thinks that Tesla is doing great this year. She understands what's going to happen in the future. It's not about quarterly numbers for her. It's about years down the line yeah and if you're watching and you're like who's this kathy wood uh go check out this video we just did uh, a little while ago on arc invest and their whole philosophy all right it's time for our video contributor stories if you've got a story you'd like to send us make sure that it's two minutes in length that it's got a really good audio shot in the landscape mode and has no music and a lot of good b-roll let's see if our friend james in salt lake city listened hey what's up zach and jesse it's james from uh, salt lake city utah um, I'm sitting in my Nissan Leaf. It's a, a 2013 and I'm a month into owning it. Um, I also have a Nissan Frontier, so a four x four truck with like a six foot bed. And uh, was been wanting to do the electric vehicle thing for years. I will do a Tesla when I can afford it. Uh, that's in the plan. But um, one of my neighbors did this where he has a work van. He bought a Nissan Leaf, a used one, and now he's using both. And I'm doing the same thing. So the days I need to use the truck, I'm using it. Uh, the days I don't need to, I'm not using it. But what's super cool, and I'm gonna walk you in, I'm about, I, I, I'm pulled up in front of the Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake City County building. Did I say that right? Salt Lake City and County building downtown. Cause I heard that I get uh, a thing for my license plate where I can get uh, free parking anywhere around Salt Lake. And typically you'd have to you'd have to pay for parking during certain hours. Hey guys, so I'm back here with my Leaf. Um, any uh, Avatar The Last Airbender fans, we named him Aang. And uh, I ended up having to go to a different building that's a half a block away. So it was the Department of Transportation building. And then what they ended up giving me is a sticker that I'm gonna throw on the, the, the back window. And then I basically get two hours of uh, free parking on any metered spot in Salt Lake City. And then if I hit the two hour max, I can go to a different, uh, a different uh, I guess what they call like uh, face of the block and I can just repark and I, I can get two more hours. So anyway, I thought that was super cool. So as you can see, it says Salt Lake City Green. It's a green vehicle. And um, yeah, two hours of free parking at any metered spots. 
So uh, what was cool too was that the lady at the Department of Transportation was saying that they're gonna start to limit uh, the vehicles that can use this parking program. I guess there's so many hybrids in recent years and fuel efficient cars that they're just gonna start to do uh, just electric. So the, the LEAF will definitely qualify. But uh, love you guys and the work that you do. Thanks so much. Uh, we're keeping Elon in our thoughts that he gets some good rest and keeps cranking forward. So now you know. I think he listened. He listened. Pretty and good stuff. By the way, we put the music on there. We, yeah. we have a library of music that we can add. We can spruce up your, right. your video with. But, but uh, we can't always use your music because if you put Tom Sawyer by Rush on there, we're going to get a copyright claim and that's not going to work. Right. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Now, if you can't get enough Tesla time news, head over to Patreon right now and become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month. You can watch all of our Patreon bonus stories. You'll enjoy more stories and you'll be supporting our channel. We'll see you there. Hey, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories, and it's time for our Patreon shoutouts. And if you're kind of new to the channel, you might be like, what's that? Well, if you support us for $5 or more a month on Patreon, we are going to give you a shoutout right now, and you're going to get your name on the end credits at the end of the show. So who do we got this week, Jess? We have John Roycroft, Linda Blair, Glenn Cook, David Schultz, Steve... Thad E. Ayers, Bradford Ferguson, and Alex Lavelle. And we didn't screw up anyone's name. Woohoo! Woohoo! Wow. Are we becoming professional or are we, people's names getting easier? I think it's a little <laughs> bit of both. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. He had quite a few. We had to pare it down, though. Uh, the first one here is from Patrick. He said, Elon, when is Advanced Summon ready to roll out? And Elon said, It finally almost doesn't suck. <laughs> Which. That's awesome. Find I, me another CEO that has ever been that brutally honest. Yeah. Wow, I love it. And then Eric Berger said, Starship update in three weeks. And uh, Elon said, Yes, detailed review of the first orbital Starship explaining the pros and cons of each design decision. That's going to be exciting. So that's yeah. August 24th. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, put that date on your calendars because that's going to be an exciting day. Then some more questions tweeted out at Elon like, anyway, we can tie passenger seat in Model 3 to easy entry profile. My very pregnant wife is having an increasingly harder time getting in and out. Would be awesome if her seat could lift and lower a la easy entry. And Elon said, sure. And then Sophian added, would be great to get screen controls for passenger seat as well. Please, Elon. And Elon said, okay, we'll discuss with team. So let's talk about this. The driver's seat right now you get in the car, it has a profile set up, so it's, oh, it knows that it's me. It adjusts the seat and the steering wheel and the mirrors to me. And then I get out of the car and I can do easy entry, so it'll like lower or raise the seat, move the seat back, move the steering wheel out of the way, anything I want it to do, because I can set easy entry. The passenger seat, however, is only controlled by your little seat controls, and that's it. So what these two people are saying, first of all, is to have a passenger profile, which yep. I think makes perfect sense, Why right? Not? Because, you know, have a, a road trip profile, have a, you know, Sarah, have a have a Dave profile of different people who might sit in the car right. or you, you know, just what, whatever you would like right. when you're in the passenger seat. And then the screen controls. Now, this took me a minute to understand what he was saying, basically to control the passenger seats from the screen as the driver. Right, because sometimes you're alone in the car and you'd like that seat to move one way or the other or right. to, you know, because you're expecting someone to get in or whatever. Right. And now you can't, what, do you have to reach over? You right. can't do it. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great yeah. idea. I would go on further, put it in the app. Yeah. Be able to do those controls in the app because let me tell you, 
when you're sleeping in the back of the car. I would I would really pay to have an app that would move the seats, you know, adjust the seats if I needed them to. Make us the VP of Special Operations, and As we will add saying, that to the app, and you'll get some more subscribers. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, in this one, uh, Vincent said Tesla CEO Elon will attend the WAIC, which is the World Artificial Intelligence Conference of 2019 in Shanghai, China, on August 29th through the 31st. And Elon said, We'll also be launching the boring company China on this trip. What? Oh, this is such big news. What? So, okay, we knew that there were going to be a couple projects happening in the United States. Yeah, Maryland, Las uh, Vegas. Right, uh, where the boring company is going to dig tunnels. Do you know what place really, really needs tunnels? Uh, China. China. And do you know which place would be more welcoming of tunnels? China, because uh, they are just, just... charging ahead with the whole like progress thing no one is there's not a lot of nimbyism no in in china this so is exciting news i think a boring company could definitely make most of their start in china wow all right it's time for community mail time community mail time so remember our friend kevin jesse he lives yes. in the uk and he made this amazing env 200 uh, which is an electric nissan van he made it into a camper van with a solar panel on the roof um, it's totally decked out with a fridge in there, a toilet in a there, stove, beds. It's, it's all awesome. custom made, and it looks really good. Well, get this. Yeah. It's for sale. Oh, I... I mean, I'm kind of sad and happy at the sh- same time. Sh- what? I, I think I might want to buy it. Uh, but it's in England. Yeah, I think this is pretty much only for people in England. Oh, anyway, all right, fine. Anyway, contact Kevin if you're interested. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess we won't cut this out of the episode. I was convinced that I was going to buy it. I, and this thing was made with love, let me tell oh you. Oh, my. And it's so, oh, there's so much storage in there. I know. It looks like it's bigger than my apartment. I know. And uh, here's some footage of Jesse in his Model 3 Dreamcase. Yes. Jesse, where are, where are you? Over here. What, what are you doing? It, it finally came! What finally came? The Dreamcase! All right, so I have the Dreamcase case here you'll see that it's empty um and this is actually part of the bed you put this down uh first that way you can see the Dreamcase logo here then pull up this side a bit this looks pretty good all right so now i'm gonna get the mattress ready so there's a soft side and a harder side i'm assuming the hard side down come in here pull it down I have slept in the back of a Model 3 before. Um, I just kind of had like a, I don't even know what it was, like a futon that I threw in the back. And it didn't fit um, well at all. Um, and it wasn't long enough for me. So my head was sticking off the edge of the seats. If you look down at the edge of the seats, you see that they only go so far, but you'll also see that the dream case extends beyond that, which means that my head can sit right here and I can go to sleep. Here is the, the first test. I haven't put any sheets on and I haven't put any pillows or anything. I'm going to see if it works. I'm going to climb in. Lay down. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is relaxing. And I get to look right up at the sky, which you don't usually get to do in this car. I don't know how Tesla put romance mode in the car, you know, the fireplace, and they didn't include a bed. I mean, this, this is what this car needs. You, I mean, when else are you going to have a fireplace 
in your car. Tell me that. When are you gonna have a fireplace in your car? This is fantastic. Good morning. Good morning, Jesse. <laughs> How was the sleep? It was good. You comfortable? How's your back? It's not bad, yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. It just gets bright really quick. Mm. <laughs> wow, that looks like it was a lot of fun. It it was a lot of fun and wait, this is a special uh dream case made for the Model 3? Yes. So it it fits perfectly. Um, it can fold up into a little thing that doesn't even take up more than like a third of the trunk. Wow. People say, you know, oh, those are expensive. But I was thinking the other day, if you if you go, you know, sleeping in it for three or four nights, that's pretty much the cost of like a hotel room. That would have paid for the dream case right there with the what you would have spent on a hotel. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's just so cool to have that freedom. And if you're doing like a lot of driving where it's like, oh, I'm going to be driving at night. And I might get really tired, like dangerously tired. Having a bed in the back of your car is going to be really nice to just be like, okay, well, I guess I'll stop at this, you know, Supercharger. Level, level two. Well, no, <laughs> level two charger even. Yeah. And just, you know. Take a nap. Get a, get a couple hours of sleep in there. So we've been getting a lot of emails uh, from Tesla customers who do not like the new Tesla policy change where you cannot call and talk to a Tesla customer service rep about an issue with your car until you have scheduled a service appointment. And then it's only a one-way communication. There are a lot of issues which could easily be calmed and solved by letting a real human talk to customers. I mean, this is the way it's been done for hundreds of years, and it works. Now, is it perfect? No. Customer service involves hiring the right people who are empathetic and can interact with customers well and who know how to de-escalate and solve problems. But Tesla customers cannot recommend Tesla if their customer service is abysmal. So I would recommend that everyone with a Twitter account right now yeah. tweet to Elon and say that you do not like this policy because he's going to be ultimately the person to change it. I think that it's going to be a good idea to change, to, to just have people, you know, there to respond. Yeah. I mean, I know why they did it. I know that at Tesla service centers, they were getting tons of calls. And so those people had to be answering calls and helping you at mm. the service center. So that wasn't the right way to do it. But there's got to be a way to get people who know how to solve problems on the phone, even if it's going to take them a few hours or days to to get the problem solved, at least to let you know I'm working on it. Right. So Bill and his friend left their two dogs in his Model 3 while they had lunch one day, and then the police arrived because they had supposedly received complaints of unattended animals in the car. Too bad they didn't read the touchscreen. See, it was in dog mode. Right. Um, but Bill shared with me this product from Tesla Bros, um, or is it Tesla Brothers? I'm not sure. Uh, it's the Tesla Dog Mode Indoor Window Cling. And basically just puts right on the window what it already says on the screen, which is, I'm a dog and I'm fine. Uh, it's it's climate controlled in here. Right. Everything is okay. Our friend Istvan has started a YouTube channel to talk about all things Tesla, SpaceX, Boring Company, Hyperloop, Neuralink, and Elon Musk. But before you go, 
uh, to it. Just make sure it's in Hungarian. So you probably only want to go there if you speak Hungarian. But some people speak Hungarian here. Exactly. So A lot of people do. We have a lot of Hungarian fans, so that's awesome. He was telling us about this clueless guy from Enterprise UK who didn't know how to charge the Enterprise Model X that he was driving at the supercharger. And in fact, he told him he didn't know where to charge it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And Istvan helped him out. And that's how it works, folks. Um, We all got to help people learn this stuff. So yeah, there's the picture of the guy who was basically pulled into the wrong stall, sat there like, I don't, how is this? Is this magic? Does it just charge? Like, and Istvan was like, no, here's where it goes. Here's how it uses. Um, But yeah, the sad thing was, this was a guy from Enterprise Rental. He should be able to teach other people how to use the car. That might explain why you know, maybe that guy pulled up in Florida at, at uh, Fred's lawn and didn't have any charge left. Maybe he just didn't know how the car worked. Right. This is our friends Shahan and Nita's new Model 3. Congratulations, guys. And uh, according to our friend Haiku in Austria, this is the first electric patient transport ambulance in Austria and possibly in all of Europe. Haiku is a rescue commander and this Nissan ENV 200. Look familiar? Oh, it's the same van as uh, as kevin's exactly it's been converted to become an ambulance and basically it has a range of 200 kilometers and can fit three walking patients and one wheelchair it'll be charged by 100 percent renewable energy and heiko is hoping in two years that his command vehicle will be a model three nice all right it's time for on-air question of the week if you are supporting us on patreon at the four dollar or more patreon perk level you can ask a question what do we got this week jess so marcus asks us What is the best way to convince or start convincing your government about autonomy and start looking into it, writing laws, regulations for the upcoming change to better benefit their citizens? Where do you start with something so huge for a city or a country as a change towards autonomous vehicles, etc.? It's not something we need to worry ourselves with right now, they'd say. How do you think we people should approach this as individuals and as a group slash one mass? So I have two possible answers here. Okay. One is that Jesse and I are working on something uh, which has the working title of Community Projects, which will be a website where we can go and set up something just like this. Like, I want to get my local officials to understand electric cars. What can I do? And you could start a local chapter of a bigger organization that could figure this stuff out mm-hmm. and we could share knowledge. So that's one way that hopefully will help. But in the meantime, um, you probably know at least one official could be local or state official. It could be your police chief. It could be your fire captain. It could mm-hmm. be your mayor. Um, and if you really ask your friends and family, you probably know someone. Um, reach out to that person and use the fact that you know them and offer to take them for a ride. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard to turn down. Uh, if you don't know someone, that's fine too. I would say most elected officials have office hours and they have times when they meet the public. Um, make an appointment with them, with their staff, and say, hey, I'd like to take such and such for a ride in my electric vehicle and talk for five minutes about electric vehicles. They'll probably say yes. When you got them in the car, boom, you got them one-on-one. You can tell them all about the great things about electric vehicles. Right. You can show autopilot. Um, exactly. And that could be one way to get them at least to start thinking about it, at least to be a little bit more open. But I think that it will take you amassing a group of constituents because ultimately that's the whole way the system works um, for democratic uh places um to convince them that this is what they're going to need to do and again this is where the community projects is hopefully going to be very useful because um it's going to be geographically based and you're going to be able to find places that are near you you can join facebook groups you can show your support by coming out to events and different stuff like that 
who knows? It's right. going to be lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to be telling you more about it. And work, yeah, so stay tuned because we're working on it as we speak. Yep. All right, it's time for the results of our Patreon poll. And we asked, what features are you most excited about in version 10 coming up? And uh, the number one answer was better traffic light and stop sign recognition, one step closer to full self-driving. Yep. Number two was uh, improved highway AP, smooth. The last was Joe mode, even though my name isn't Joe. Still not sure what Joe mode is. Well, it's going to be where all the beeps and boops in your car are going to be quieter for sleeping passengers. Yeah, I just don't know why they called it Joe mode. But. Oh, um, a lot of people were saying that it was Joey mode, like like a kangaroo. Oh. All right, it's time for good news, bad news. Which one do you pick first? I'm going to do bad news first. Bad news first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Earth overshoot day. You know what that is? Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? Yes. This is the date. When humanity's demand for ecological resources and services in a given year exceeds what the Earth can regenerate in that year. So to, to give it, to put it into example, it's like if you make $30,000 a year, this is the date where you've spent $30,000 in that year. Oh, I see. So the best would be if it happened on December 31st. Or then, later. Or later, right, because then you would have saved money. You would have been saving All money right, that so, year. July 29th was this year's Earth Overshoot Day. And That's here's the bad news also. Look at this chart. This is a chart showing from 1970 onwards when that day fell. And, and you can see that beginning in 1970, that day was pretty much December 31st. We, we, we had a whole year um, where we used our resources. That was pretty good. But it's been getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> well, that, that is the... No, I know. That is the, just as yeah. much as you can really squeeze out of the Earth. Right. No, I know. Um, before your... your dipping into your savings so to speak sure and as you can see now it's getting pretty bad we're up in the you know july 29th uh right so we're there. we're using 1.7 earths every yeah year okay but time for the good news uh billions for ev charging is going to be in the latest america's transportation infrastructure act of 2019 <laughs> okay, well, I mean, billions of dollars. This is an act supported by Democrats and Republicans, including Wyoming's Republican John Barrasso. So that's amazing. Democrats and Republicans have come together to put billions of dollars into American infrastructure, including EV charging across the country. Are you yeah. sure? Are you sure about this? Why? Well, that's what the headline said. I mean, this is a this is a this is just the Transportation Infrastructure Act. So, yeah. well, let's read a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Three billion over five years in new funding distributed to states based on their current formula share to support projects that would lower highway-related carbon emissions. I didn't hear EV charging in that. Okay, well, let me keep reading. Uh, states can also compete for an additional $500 million by making progress on lowering their per capita emissions. Right. Okay, that's not great. Um, another section here reveals that $1 billion in competitive grants would be earmarked for alternative fuel infrastructure. And here's what it says. Uh, in preparation for the expected increase of alternative fuel vehicles, the bill establishes a competitive grant program funded at a billion dollars over five years for states and localities to build hydrogen, natural gas, and electric vehicle fueling infrastructure along designated highway corridors that lack such infrastructure. Okay. So I see what you're saying. It's, so I can see now why... They listed why, it third on the list. I can see now why Barrasso uh, backed this bill. Because it is so broad and so wide, and you have a billion dollars of a over $200 billion bill um, that is going to be split among hydrogen and natural gas. So let me just explain to you, uh, the viewer, why that, you know, hydrogen can be 
a renewable energy source because what you can do is you can take solar energy or wind energy and you can make hydrogen from it by splitting water with electrolysis and you gather up that hydrogen. But you can also make hydrogen from natural gas. Mm -hmm. You take all of this uh, natural gas, you strip off all of the hydrogen atoms uh, from the long carbon chain, and then you're left with a bunch of carbon dioxide, which floats up in the atmosphere, which is not zero emissions anymore. Hmm. Um, But it means you get some cheap hydrogen from natural gas, which we have an abundance of anyway. So there you go. Basically, I think what happened is Barrasso was like, I'm going to need to support this bill because uh, everyone's supporting it. So, uh, you know, big oil lobbyists, what should I do? And they're like, well, just make sure that, you know, hydrogen and liquid natural gas is on there because those, you know, we, we make natural gas and natural gas can make hydrogen. So, you know, we'll just grease the wheels here. So this doesn't, this didn't really end up being a lot of good news. Sorry. This is kind of a, kind of a bummer. Kind of a bad news, bad news, sorry. Kind of a double bad news. We already overshot the world's, you know, ecological resources this year. So we're just running on borrowed time already. And there's going to be hope. I mean, I'm hopeful that there's going to be some EV charging that goes in. Well, speaking of EV charging, let's go to our supercharger reviews. Absolutely. That's good news. Here we go. Eight stalls by the highway. The highway's right, right up there. And we're kind of in the middle. We're in the corner of this big parking lot here with some, and there's some hotels back there. And then there's the Meyer here. Meyer has everything. It's a grocery store and they have shoes and clothing and toys and everything. And then um, in the other corner of the parking lot, there's like a firehouse subs. And then across the street, there's a ramen noodle place or a burger place. It's pretty good. Alright, so we're here at the Roanoke Island Inn where there is a Tesla charger. Um, There's just one and it's in a parking spot. On the website, it does say that you have to call ahead, which makes sense because there's currently a vehicle, um, not a electric vehicle, that is parked in the spot. But, um, so you've got kind of a covering for your spot. It's about the width of trying to not get this guy's license plate in there. But it's with the one car, um, so it's just one parking spot. And it is right up against the gate to the inn. So this is the Roanoke Island Inn. It's actually very quaint. Highly recommend you guys stay there if you ever have the chance. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Sean from Las Vegas here to review the new two-stall Alta Drive Supercharger here at the corner of Rampart and Alta. We're uh, here at Tivoli Village. It's the upper level of the parking garage. So as you enter Self Park, don't go downstairs. Stay up here on this upper level. You'll find these two right behind me. We're right off of Rampart Boulevard. You can probably hear the traffic behind me. But as I turn around, you have Suncoast Casino right here behind me. It's a great place to grab some food. They have some amazing restaurants. Of course, you can try your luck while you're here in Las Vegas there too and they have of course hotel accommodations and their own destination charger. I love seeing those every week. Yes. All right what do we got for new superchargers this week? We have the 70th supercharger in Germany. It is an eight stall at Brinkum in Germany. We have number four in Poland which is a four stall at Poznan, Poland. Number 684 in the United States is the 12 stall 150 kilowatt supercharger in Linfield, Massachusetts. That's not far. I think that might be it's on one the way of to the beach. Closest ones, I know. Nice. Number 471 in Europe, number 1609 in the world is the 16 stall in Malten, Germany. 
All right, it's time for our Patreon giveaway. So if you want to get in this big bucket of fun here, uh, for every dollar that you support us with on Patreon, you get a little piece of paper with your name on it in the bucket. The winner this week is going to get an EcoWear t-shirt, much like the one that either Jesse or I are wearing, or whichever one you choose. We have many other designs. Because remember, at EcoWear, you're helping to support the show with everything you purchase, and mm -hmm. everything you purchase is carbon offset, and every time you buy a tea, we plant a tree. All right. Who's our winner, Jess? Is Jason Pace. Congratulations, Congratulations, Jason. Card goes back in the bin because another chance to win. Still supporting us on Patreon, hopefully. Patreons are awesome. And you've made it to the end of the show. We wanna we wanna just do a quick shout out to a video that we've done in the past. This one is not too far in the past, but you can check it out over here. Yeah, I interviewed some really cool people, Shannon and Tyler at Zero Waste Event Productions. Uh, a dirty job, but a really cool job too. So mm -hmm. check that out. And you made it to the end of the show. And for those of you who don't know, cause we've gotten a lot of new uh, subscribers and viewers in, in the past few weeks. Um, we're gonna be doing in the future a Roadster and a semi and a Tesla semi world tour. Um, for the so for those of I was, you who I was going to drink some water to a spit take when you said that, yeah. but then I decided against it. Good good thinking. What a, lot of, a roadster semi world tour. So we've earned ourselves a roadster. Yep. Um, for, through the Tesla referral program, and instead of keeping it in a garage, like wax plastic over it. Yeah, we're gonna be bringing it out into the world. We have a lot of people to thank, so a lot of people to bring the car to to show yeah. them. Um, Take and, them for rides. And there's gonna be events. We're gonna be putting on events with a roadster. We're gonna bring a semi. I was thinking we should also bring a neck brace with us. Definitely a neck brace. The roadster is gonna definitely. They're gonna, gonna have to sign a release, to, don't you think? Because we're gonna go. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. We're, you know, probably if you have a pacemaker, we're going to need to talk a little bit before. Bring your doctor with you. Put it into chill mode. Um, but yeah, that's like a thing that we're thinking of, that we're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have a semi truck. We're going to have, uh, I think we're going to have some different trailers for the semi truck. Oh, we yeah. have, you know, we've talked about a lot of different ideas of like a big fold out stage for the semi truck and yep. pop up concerts. Pop up concerts. Um, so, also, just bringing lots of e-mobility things with us, like scooters and e-bikes and e-bikes and other electric cars. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. So be sure to subscribe because you might forget what the name of the channel is at some did, point. Did you know that over half the people that watch us aren't subscribers? I did know that, and um, it's usually good. It's a good thing when we get more unsubscribed people watching because they've never watched us before. Oh, That's I see. Thing that I've learned, um, but we've had pretty stable 50 50 but, numbers but you know i've had a lot of people who write to me and they're like zach and jesse can you have a way for us to share this video with our friends and i want to tell you it's pretty easy unless you're watching like on a tv set but usually if you're watching on a computer mm -hmm. or on a phone there's a, a share button down there yeah it looks like this yep and you click on it and you can share it using any app you want you can copy the link and then just like send it to your friend using whatever you want um and you can share the video and then you can both talk about it because we have a lot to talk about. And if there's a certain point in the video, you're like, well, I don't want to share the whole hour. Right. But there's this one thing you talked about at 31 minutes. Well, go On to that computer. Go to that point. You click, right. You get to the point where you want in the video. You click share and then you say start from and it'll start from the point where you are in the video. Right. And it's just so, a little little box that you check. Right. And then it'll it'll send it'll send the person right to that starting that point. starting point so they can watch just that point and then the rest of the video, um, which is pretty cool. Good yeah. way to share it. 
We love when people share our videos because that means that we're broadening the audience. We're getting more people to talk about these important topics. Right. Um, and so thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. And that little bell button you might be wondering about, that is to remind you if you would like to get reminders about when our new videos come out. Because right. uh, every Monday is Tesla Time News. Every Friday is in-depth. But we also have other videos that come out like reviews of right. things, so interviews. You, you'll get a little notification or in some cases you'll get an email um, if you're more of an email oriented person when a new video comes out so you can watch directly from your email or your notification box or whatever. And I just want to give a special thank you to all the names of all the people that are, well, I want to thank the people, not the names. Right. The I want to thank the people of the names who these belong to. All of these people uh, support this show. So if you were like, wow, this, this is some high quality production going on here. They seem to have a lot of lights. I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, professional lighting pieces here. We've got a camera we, with a with a teleprompter, so that we're not oh that way we're not always looking off screen, reading some script, and you know, have some paper here. Like, oh, let me tell you about. No, we were able to you know have a better show, mostly because of these Patreon patrons. We couldn't do this show without them. So, thank you so much for watching. Now, now you know. know.